John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So we're in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18 today. And this is the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have been celebrating today that Easter is an incredibly happy day. Right? When I say Christ is risen, you say, he is risen indeed. Let's do it again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Right? This is a wonderful, exciting occasion. I, I, I would argue that's like the happiest day in the church calendar. And all the church holidays, it's even better than Christmas. Like Christmas is amazing because Jesus comes. Uh, but Easter is even more wonderful because Jesus rose from the grave and he accomplished what he came to do. Uh, it's an exciting time. It's a happy time. But the first Easter really didn't start that. Right? The first Easter did not start as a happy day. It was a really, really sad day. And we read about that in our story today, that Mary Magdalene, one of the Marys that, that followed Jesus, came to the tomb to continue to, um, to prepare his body. And she was grieving. She was heartbroken. She was sad. Uh, the one she loved had died, died an awful death on a cross. And so this is how our story starts with a woman grieving at a tomb for the one she loved perishing. And this type of grief, uh, this word for weep, means a bitter anguish, like loud wailing. Uh, I've only heard like, something like this maybe once or twice, a couple times in my life when a loved one died. And we experienced that loud weeping, that loud, just sad mourning. The first Easter was a happy day, but it did not start as a happy day. Something came that 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 sadness into joy, that that despair into gladness. And I think we need to hear this message because this is kind of where we are today as a culture, as a people. There's a reason that we're we're worshiping and we're celebrating Easter from our homes. It's because we can't be together. Uh, this, this epidemic, COVID-19, this pandemic is all around the globe and it's affecting us personally and friends 
uh, I was looking at the, the, the news, over 500 cases now, with over 20,000 deaths. Man, isn't that ugly? Isn't that sad? Isn't that heartbreaking? That's death. I think this is probably a moment in our lives when we are going to, as a culture, most stop and admit that death is real and death is powerful. And for many of us, that might be where we stop with the acknowledgement. And that could have been Mary Magdalene's. Just death is real, death is powerful, now I have to go on with life. But God had different plans, and God has different plans for us. God is going to our sad Easter, just like he took Mary Magdalene, and turn it into life, turn it into joy and gladness and happiness. And so that we can celebrate our Easter today, not in the midst of sadness and fear, but in the midst of joy and excitement that Christ is risen. And that changes everything. It changes everything. And so what possibly could transform something from sadness to joy? It's the resurrection. Billions of people around the world celebrate Easter now, not as a day of sadness, but as a day of resurrection. And that's the only thing that could transform such a low day into such a high and amazing, wonderful day. And I believe Easter as a day hasn't just been transformed, but as we approach Easter, as we approach the resurrection story, as we approach this passage here in John, the Lord is going to transform us a little bit. Just like Easter transformed uh, 2,000 years ago, we're going to be transformed as we uh, read this passage. And so I want to talk away about I want to talk about four ways that Easter transforms us through this. Number one is that Easter offers us hope. Easter offers us hope. Easter takes us in our sadness, and Easter offers us hope. John chapter uh, uh, 20, verses 11 through 13 say this, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? See, when she goes to the tomb on Sunday, instead of finding a body, she finds two angels. Uh, two angels uh, uh, clothed in white. The stone has been rolled away. Now, they're clothed in white. Like Typically, you would expect if people were gathered at the tomb to mourn, what color would they be dressed in? They'd be dressed in black. They would be mourning, they would be grieving, just like we dress in black when we go to our funerals today or our memorial services. And yet here, these, these angels, they, they look just like men, they, they're clothed in white, they're not despairing, they have, they have hope. <laughs> because they know what has happened, they know the, the reality, the, the transformation that has taken place on Easter. Woman, why are you crying? I think they're offering her hope. Why are you crying? They're, they're reaching out, they're saying, actually, there's, you don't need to cry. You don't need to despair. You can have hope. And that's what Mary Magdalene needs, and that's what we need today. If you read Mary Magdalene's history in the Gospels of Mark and Luke and the Gospel accounts, we see that when Mary met Jesus, she was in a really bad place. Now, think of the lowest point of your life, how bad it was. It's about what Mary felt, maybe even worse. Because when Jesus met Mary, when Mary met Jesus, she was possessed by seven demons. Now, as far as I know, we have not had that experience. This was an 
awful place to be. This was really bad. Demon possession is terrible, right? These spirits living inside you, and they, they could give you supernatural strength. They could throw you around. They could cast you into the fire. You could, were often driven out of society and driven out of culture. Uh, there was a story of one man who's possessed by demons who lives in the tombs and gashes himself. It's awful. And this is where Mary was before she met Jesus. I don't know exactly what she looked like, but she was possessed by seven demons. She desperately needed hope when she first met Jesus, and Jesus gave her hope. And I kind of wondered if maybe when Mary was going to the tomb, if she was wondering, am I going to go back to that old life? Are those evil spirits going to come back? Is my old life going to return? Was this whole thing just a mirage? Maybe she had faith, and maybe she was trusting the Lord, and God was going to work it all out. But maybe there was that doubt in her. Maybe there was that fear, that despair, and she needed hope. She needed hope that she wasn't going to return to her old life, and she needed even hope that's deeper than that. She needed to know that Jesus had risen from the grave. She didn't even know, she didn't even know the hope that she needed, and yet she needed it. And we desperately need hope because we all come from uh, backgrounds and lifestyles and decisions and choices that we've made and experiences that we've had in our lives. And we need God to transform our lives. What we're going through right now, we need God to transform this, the pandemic, COVID-19, and how it's affecting us. We need God to come in and, and do something different. We need Christ to, to give us hope and give us a, a new future that's secure in him so we don't have to be afraid of returning to those past sins or to that past life or to that past darkness or succumbing to what we're going through right now. And so I want to encourage us that Easter, Easter offers hope. Easter offers like this new beginning, this fresh beginning in Christ Jesus. I think it's like Jesus is asking us the same question. Why are you crying? Why do you despair? Why are you so upset? Why does COVID-19 bother you or whatever you're going through in your life? Why does your darkness bother you? Why does the valley feel so dark? Haven't I risen? Aren't I alive? <laughs> Haven't I saved you? All we can say is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Resurrect my hope. Give new life to my despair. Well, not to my despair, but give me hope, new hope, in despair give me new life and so Easter transforms us by by offering us hope that's the the first way that Easter gets into our lives and gets into our blood and, and begins to move and kind of awaken us in new ways is that it gives us a, a, it gives us belief that there can be goodness going forward and it's made possible by Christ Jesus and the second way that Easter transforms us is that it surprises us see Easter is the most unexpected holiday Easter surprises us with joy. Have you ever been having a really bad day uh, when someone you love or a friend or a spouse surprises you? Uh, you're so mad uh, because the traffic was mute from your bedroom to your upstairs office. It's just terrible traffic. Uh, your wife or friend makes you a nice breakfast of bacon and eggs and pancakes and all the fixings and just transformed by that. Your day goes from waking up on the wrong side of the bed to going forward in grace and hope. 
or maybe at the end of the day, you're tired, a neighbor or a friend uh, drops by and they drop off a meal. Maybe you just get home and a, and a, a friend sent a nice email or text message. Your child uh, wrote you a, a little or drew you a picture. And suddenly a day that felt dead is surprised by joy, is surprised by life. This is kind of like a small glimpse of the resurrection. This is what God does. One day he's going to resurrect us from the grave in that final resurrection. But as we go through our days, he can bring life out of death. Mary had no idea this was about to happen to her. Mary's reality was completely dark, completely broken. See, someone she knows and loves is gone. And yet that person is about to surprise her with joy. John 20 says this, They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. She didn't realize that it was Jesus. There was something uh, incredible about his new resurrection body rising from the grave that like, for some reason she couldn't put it together in her mind. And we see this in other places in the gospel accounts, like on the road to Emmaus, where the disciples didn't recognize who Jesus was immediately. Now, maybe she was just crying and the tears so filled her eyes or and she was in such a dark mental place that she could not recognize uh, Jesus. But Jesus is there, isn't he? Like, he's, he's there. It doesn't matter if she can't see him. <laughs> the reality is she is in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is there with her even before she recognizes him. When they were, uh, my brother... Uh, Nathaniel and his, uh, my sister-in-law, when they were dating, uh, she threw him a surprise birthday party. And I was tasked with getting him to the party. Like that was my big job, get him to the party. And then when I walked in, I actually kind of walked in a little ahead of Nathaniel just to make sure that like everything was set. And then I saw some like heads pop out, like, oh, and then they saw it was me and they're like, oh, it's too early. <laughs> so they popped back down, they ducked. I think that's kind of how we feel in this text right now. Like the surprise is about to be made known. We know the surprise is coming. We know Jesus is alive. Mary, Jesus is alive. Mary, Jesus is alive. And he's literally standing right behind you. Maybe you need to be reminded of this in your own life. Uh, hear Jesus speak your name to you. Jesus is alive. He's standing right behind you. And he is present. You don't need to be sad anymore. You can have joy because Jesus is alive. Jesus is with us. The Bible tells us that God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Now, he's not here spiritually. Jesus isn't, he, Jesus isn't here physically, but he is here spiritually through the Holy Spirit. And she doesn't see him because she thinks he's a gardener, right? For some reason, she sees him as something else, something other than what he is. It disguises who he is. But he's still there. He's, he's present. And he's about to surprise her with joy. And if you're going through a dark time, if, if you're wrestling with this whole pandemic that we're going through or someone you know and love is sick, this is what you need. You need Jesus to surprise you with joy and just offer up a prayer and say, Jesus, would you surprise me with joy? Joy is not one of those things we can force. Joy is not one of those things that we can just kind of like put the right potions together and we have joy. Like we need God to come into our lives and surprise us 
And I think he's doing that right now through just the reminder that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and like, what else is there that can bother us? And so Easter is transforming us, isn't it? It's, it's transforming our minds and our heads as we begin to believe and have our, our, our heart and our emotions as we begin to believe like, oh, this is real and I, it's, it's changing how I feel. It's giving me joy. We also need to change our perspective. We need it to change how we see things and how we live. See, Easter does that. Easter changes our perspective. John 20 verse 15 says, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked the same question the angels asks. He says again, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? It's not a good question that you need to ask. Like, who are you looking for? What are you looking for? Like, are you looking for the end of this pandemic? Are you looking for uh, something miraculous? Like, are you looking for the heavens to part? For Jesus to show himself? Maybe he'll do that, but that's like, that's the end of days. What are you looking for? And maybe you're going through something else that's not related to anything I know about. You know, what are you looking for? Why are you looking for that when all you need is Jesus? All you need is him. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. She doesn't get up this story of what's happening. She thinks that, like, this gardener has come and taken the body, and now she needs to kind of convince him, and she's kind of come up with this other story in her own mind. And yet the reality is that Jesus is alive, and he is standing right in front of her, and he's going to change her perspective. He is going to open her eyes. He's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to take away all of her anxieties and all of her fears in one moment. And as we face a world filled with doubt and frustration and just not the way we wanted to celebrate Easter, Easter like we need Jesus to come and do the same thing for us. We need him to change the way that we see our world, change the way we see whatever we're going through. Jesus does this for Mary this way. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. This is how Jesus changes us. He calls us by name. He says, Alex. He says, Melanie. He says, Bruce. He says, Bill. He says, Joe. He says, John. He says, Anne. He says, Tobin. He calls us by name. Do you hear he is calling us by name and he's, he's calling, calling us to, to come and just believe in him and believe in his, in who he is and that he has risen from the grave and that he is standing right here spiritually through the Holy Spirit. Where two or three have gathered, he is there in our presence. He is, he is within us, the church body. He is in us as families as we gather around our little like tablets and computer screens and iPhones. Jesus is with. If you could see him, wouldn't that change how you saw everything? It's my prayer that Jesus would open the eyes of your heart so that you can see something completely different. This is a, it's a dangerous place to be <laughs> if Jesus is opening your eye to, eyes to his reality because it, it means he's going to require things of you. He's going to require a, a different way of seeing life. 
It's also the most safe and secure place any of us can be. I was, I read a book, this was a, a while ago, but it's just a funny story that, that stuck out to me. There was one little girl who went down to a stream. This little girl wanted to see this. She was so excited. She's going to go see a hippopotamus. So she went down, well, it's more like a river, not a stream. She went down to the river to look for this hippopotamus. I don't know what her parents are doing in this story, like why they're letting their little girl go down to a hippopotamus infested waters. This seems like a bad idea. Uh, but she goes down and she begins to look for a hippopotamus. So she climbs up on a rock. She looks and looks. She sees no hippopotami. Uh, I love hippopotami, what a fun word. Uh, not really the plural, uh, but hippopotamuses. She doesn't really see any of them. She's looking, she's so excited. That's what she wants to see. And then she doesn't see it. She's looking and she's looking. And then suddenly the ground beneath her moves. The ground beneath her shakes because she climbed up on a hippopotamus. <laughs> she's standing on the thing that she is looking for and she does not realize it. And isn't that true with Christ? Like we are in the palm of his hand. The world could shake, but it's really just him holding us. Jesus is holding us and he is calling us by name. He is our rock. Jesus is our hippopotamus. <laughs> we can remember that. Uh, take that home to the bank, right? What can change your perspective when you realize that you're grounded in Jesus? Jesus can take a terrible, no good, rotten pandemic day or whatever you're going through and just completely renovate that day by saying your name and telling you that you are loved, that you are his. The Lord of the universe knows your name. The end of the book of Revelation, it talks about like God knowing uh, the end of the, the book of the, the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it talks about God like giving us a new name, writing on a stone. I don't know exactly what that means. Revelation is uh, a confusing book, but it's just this promise that like, if you belong to Christ, if you know him, like God knows who you are at the core of who you are. So when he says your name, like it's, it's not like, someone you've just met it's like someone saying your name who has known you for your entire life from the, the depth of the core of who you are all the decisions you've made all the choices you've made every reason you've made those choices every thought you've thought every thought you you've imagined and jesus knows you and he says your name so i want to invite you to see reality through this new lens. If you don't know Jesus, like you tuning into this live stream might be the moment that God has been planning to introduce himself to you. He wants to come in and he wants to offer you hope. He wants to surprise you with joy. He wants to give you an entirely new perspective on life. One that's, that's grounded in, in life in resurrection. Resurrection means it's like rising from the grave. And that's what we're celebrating on Easter, that Jesus rose from the grave. And the Bible promises that if, if you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, like you spiritually go from death to life. But it, it gets even better because that's going to be bodily a reality as well. Like one day when, uh, even if you've died, even if this pandemic gets you, like you don't have to fear that that's the end because Jesus one day will raise you from the grave 
and give you eternal life with him. You can already begin to taste that, that eternal life through a relationship with him. There's so much hope here, so much goodness, and I, I beg you, don't, don't switch the, the channel and, and go somewhere else and just keep watching life. Keep letting, keep letting eternal life pass you by. Turn to Christ, turn to Jesus. He offers forgiveness and grace. He went to that cross to pay the penalty for your sins and then to rise again, to give you this eternal life. Don't, don't let it pass you by. But how about if you already know Jesus and you've been walking with him, but now it feels like a, a dark time, a, a time where you're, you're lacking in faith, or you're, you're afraid. My encouragement to you is to keep walking. Be like Mary Magdalene. Go to the tomb. Go to the tomb and look for Jesus. Even if you think he's dead, go to the tomb and look for Jesus. Go to the scriptures and look for Jesus. Go to your prayer time and look for Jesus. Go to your church family, call people up and look for Jesus. Even if you can't see him, I believe Jesus will reveal himself to you, that he will, he will give you that newness of life. He'll remind you through the Holy Spirit that he is alive. And he can take whatever you're going through and make it new again, because this is what we have. We have resurrection hope. Jesus is carrying you. He is bearing the weight of your suffering of your dark valley. See, it's not just Easter that changes our perspective, it's Jesus. See, Easter transforms us, but really it's Jesus transforming us. Jesus, through Easter, is transforming us by giving us hope, by offering us hope, by surprising us with joy, and by changing our perspective. The most important way is that Easter transforms us by giving us resurrection life, by giving us New life. Number four, Easter gives us resurrection life. See, Mary was dead when she arrived at the tomb. She was emotionally defeated. Uh, she, was, uh, uh, she, she believed all hope was lost. There was no future for Mary Magdalene when she showed up at the tomb. But notice that Jesus just transforms it. <laughs> Jesus transforms what she's going through. She offer, Jesus offers her and offers us resurrection life. He gives it to her. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Rabbani, which means teacher. So this is the moment when she realizes he's alive and she, he is calling her by name. And, and she, she calls him Rabbani, which is like this more personal way of saying my rabbi or my teacher. Not just rabbi, but my rabbi, my teacher. See, Jesus had the power to cast out her demons, and now he has the power to grant her eternal life forever and ever. And she is just overwhelmed with joy, experiencing the grace and the goodness that he is, he is like present, and he is alive, and he is right there. He has turned her day from death into life. Now, she must have fallen to her feet completely overwhelmed and clung to him. But he tells her to let him go. Like, I give you resurrection life, but it's not just for you. It's for others. Go and tell others. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus doesn't just say, I'm going to my Father. See ya. <laughs> he says, you go to my Father? 
I'm going to your father. I'm going to your dad. Because you're now a child of God, Mary. Mary, you're a child of God. And to, to have a relationship with God, to be God's child, is to have resurrection life. See, resurrection life doesn't just start at the end of days when Jesus rises us from the grave. It starts right now. It starts through a relationship with Christ Jesus. This was the woman who was haunted by seven demons, and those demons are never coming back. Jesus has completely transformed her life. He has given her resurrection life by giving her a relationship with her Heavenly Father. And that's what Jesus is offering us today, this new life. He's offering it to us. He's not just offering it to me. He's offering it to us, and he's offering it to you if you don't know Jesus. Verse 18 says, Mary Magdalene went to the other disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. She told them that he had said these things to her. Her perspective changes. I've seen my rabbi. I've seen God. I've seen the Lord. Jesus is God, and Jesus is risen from the grave. I've seen the one who conquers sin and death and offers eternal life. Easter gives us resurrection life. Jesus gives us resurrection of life. He offers it to you and he offers it to me. So we're going through a time right now that we need resurrection life. We don't know if like ones we love are going to die. We probably already know people by name who have passed away. And we need the promise, the hope that one day we're going to be reunited with everyone that knows Christ Jesus, that everyone that believes in him and trusts in him, we need resurrection life. In Steven Spielberg's famous movie, Jaws, you didn't know I was going to be talking about Jaws. I watched this movie recently. And the second victim in the movie Jaws that gets eaten by this great white shark is a young boy named Alex Kentner. It's played by Jeffrey Voorhees. And on a warm summer day, he is at the beach, he is playing, and he goes out into the waters. He is plucked from the waters by this great white shark. There's a panic and people go running to his, the shore and are, are terrified. And, and, and then his mother comes out, Mrs. Kittner, Alex's mother, and she begins to search for her son and call out for her son. And she is stumbling around in the shadows, calling out for Alex, but Alex does not return it. And that is death. When someone we love is taken from us, and there is nothing we can do about it. We call out, and they do not return. Later in the movie, Mrs. Kentner dresses herself in black widow's garb. She approaches the chief of police, the hero of the movie. It's not really his fault, but she slaps him in the face for not closing the beaches. She says, I just found out that this girl got killed here last week, and she knew it, and you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous, but you let people go swimming anyways. You know all those things. But still, my boy is dead now, and there's nothing you can do about it. My boy is dead. And this, is that how we feel? Like, man, like, death is so real, and it's so present. There's nothing we can do about it. But someone has done something about it. Christ Jesus has done something about it. He has made possible resurrection. IMDb uh, is a film and television website, and it gives you trivia. And after I watched the movie, I was reading through some of the trivia, and it picks up this story many years later. Several decades after the release of Jaws in 1975, Lee Fierro, the woman who played Mrs. Kittner, she walked into a seafood restaurant, and she noticed that on the menu 
was an Alex Kentner sandwich. She said, oh, I played the mother of Alex in the movie Jaws so many years ago. And the owner of the restaurant I came running out to meet her because the owner of the restaurant was Jeffrey Voorhees. It was Alex Kentner. It was a little boy who had played her son. They had not seen each other since the original movie shoot. And that's kind of like what the resurrection is. That feeling of the jaws of death clamping down on those we love and those we care about. But one day, Jesus is going to pry open those jaws and release uh, us to a resurrection life. And he has already done that by taking the jaws of death upon himself at the cross. So Jesus hung on that tree. The Son, the Son perished so that we could have life. And when Jesus rose again, it was this, it was this if a great evil was lifted off the world. And that things uh, that had ultimate say, like death, no longer had the power that they had had. And if you believe in Jesus and trust in him, you can promise that one day you too will rise again from the grave. If you don't believe in Jesus, I can't offer you that promise. You're staring the jaws of death in the face, and that's terrifying. You need someone who, you need a lifeguard who can, who can come and rescue you. That's what Jesus does. He rises us from the grave. See, Easter transforms us. Jesus transforms us by offering us hope, by surprising us with joy, by changing our perspective, and by giving us eternal life through resurrection, by giving us resurrection life. See, at the end of the day, Easter transforms us because Easter gives us Jesus. Easter gives us Jesus. Jesus defeats the jaws of death on the cross. Jesus is alive and he is calling you by name. He is offering you so much hope. And Jesus wants to completely transform your life with joy and to change your perspective. To give you the resurrection life that only Jesus Christ can offer. He does that by offering you himself. See, Easter transforms because it's Jesus. And Jesus invites you to come and to be in a relationship with him. Easter gives us Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus has risen from the grave. And would he change our perspectives? Would he surprise us with joy? Would he, would he, would he give us the hope? Would we, would we catch the hope? Would we realize the hope? And would we most of all have that resurrection life through Christ Jesus? Lord, I pray for all those that are out there that are watching this or will tune in later. Lord, would you comfort them? Would you remind us of Jesus? Lord, we thank you for Easter. Christ is risen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.